Welcome to It's a Fit Life Creation podcast with me, Katrina Julia. I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur and a transformation coach. Jumpstart transformation to time to transform, to boss grant, to moneymaker, to inspiring with influence and more. So let's create. And I lost over 55 pounds four years ago with the help of Herbalife Nutrition, Meal Bags, Team Edge, NASA, a certified public accountant. I've served in over eight industries, generating others over seven to nine figure results consistently while having my own money in chaos to create a life and a business I love. It's about the passion, the purpose, the people, and the profits to create a life and a business you love. Tune in to the stories and the journey as we create It's a Fit Life Creation. Fit Life Creation Podcast. I'm super ex- excited to have Chris here with Aspire Global Marketing, and we're going to be talking about so many different things, you guys. But first, as is traditional for those of you that have tuned in with us, you're used to me by now talking about how I connected with this amazing person, talking about relationship, and not that it's some random person that I just decided to have as a feature. Because here, we're super focused on relationship as well as continuing that relationship. So how I got connected to Chris, and this is totally different than any of my other stories, so some of you are going to be like, what? She does what now? Is I reached out via Upwork. So some of you may be familiar with Upwork. Some of you may not. It's an entrepreneurial platform where brands search for talent as well as talent searches for brands. So I've used it both ways and I saw Chris's background and I saw his results with his company, with basically taking his business 5X in less than six months or right at the six month mark. I saw that he was doing a ton of things with digital marketing, getting phenomenal results, had experience and prior experiences with influencer marketing, a lot of different things in the digital space and also focusing on legacy businesses. And I thought, you know, this is someone that I would love to work with, work for, collaborate with. So regardless of what happens, I'm going to reach out to his uh, response or to his request on Upwork and connect. So we actually connected while I was in Bulgaria. And one thing led to another. And I said, Chris, I would love to have you on the show. So welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Good to be here. Absolutely. So tell us anything you would love to first share on your journey and how you got, like what your reasoning was 
from your prior experiences, how Aspire started, and then we'll get into some of the ways, the five ways that really, really helped you get to the next level. Sure. Yeah. So I would say my uh, marketing slash uh, entrepreneurial business journey really actually started about uh, 10 years ago. Um, and it really started by me doing some side hustles while I was in university and actually a little bit before that. And uh, one of the things I did actually as my first kind of uh, big venture in a way was I used my college dorm room and turned it into a studio, a production studio. And I actually spent most of my money that I saved up for years um, and I had no experiences like a producer or anything, but I just knew I loved music and I saw a lot of talent on campus. So I was like, let's, let's just do this. So I bought like a microphone and, uh, just like really minimal of equipment and I actually started turning that into business. Uh, and I had like sororities reaching out to me, like wow. asking me to do songs for them. And I did this like music video for them and it was just a lot of fun. And, uh, so that, that was kind of my entry level uh, way of understanding, okay, you know, this is how uh, service works. This is how, you know, I can kind of hustle and do this on the side. Um, but yeah, fast forward a few years after that, I did a little bit of that. Um, but I ended up being hired by uh, Beats by Dre, um, headphones and speakers. And uh, yeah, yeah. Back. <laughs> both, of us, both of us are wearing them, guys. We were not planning. With the brand. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, so I started there in 2012, back when they were still kind of unfamiliar, but starting to pick up, uh, you know, some steam. And uh, that's where really my, my digital marketing journey started. So, uh, you know, while well, working for a bigger brand, and then really we expanded and ended up being acquired by Apple for over 3 billion. And that was a really cool experience. So I was an Apple employee for a little less than a year, then worked for the, got poached by the Grammy Awards. Um, to work for the Recording Academy. And then uh, at some point, uh, after a few years in the corporate world, I just uh, decided, you know, I'm, I'm still pretty young. Uh, I, I feel like I have enough experience, uh, you know, in the social media marketing, digital marketing space. You know, I've always had that itch, entrepreneur itch, again, doing these side hustles. But I thought now was the time, this was in 2015, uh, to go and just break off and do my own thing. So I started off as a consultant and uh, just kind of started off there and try to get a few clients on the side, uh, you know, struggle at first. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things you obviously don't kind of fully think through, or at least I didn't when I first started like sales and what am I going to even say to potential clients on the phone? And, you know, I, I knew my social media marketing stuff. I knew how to run Facebook ads. I, I knew marketing strategy, brand, um, how to build brands, but you know, little things like that, uh, was kind of new to me. So that was certainly a struggle in the beginning. Um, but like you said, wow. in the beginning, ended up, uh, putting some things in place, uh, five core things, uh, like we talked about earlier. And ever since then, I really just scaled my business and five X it within six months, which was, wow. uh, pretty crazy, but really fun and interesting journey. Wow. So let's back up a little bit because there were so many things you said in that yeah. and so much value and so much story that I'm sure the listeners are going to be like, wait, 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 I want to know about this. I want to know about that. Right. Sure. So you turned your dorm room into a studio. So that was like your first side hustle right? yes. and connecting with people. So 
wow. Like just, and then also connecting that experience to the Grammys, like entertainment wise, that technically you're already being set up and like experiential type experiences. Right. And really connecting with people. Right. Yeah. It's really, I mean, I learned a lot of skills by doing that. It wasn't just, you know, it's how to deal with people, how to even just like smaller things like negotiating rates and yes. um, just making sure a client is happy. Uh, but again, it was, it was really small. It wasn't like a full fledged business, but these little things kind of helped me when I did end up starting my business, uh, even if they were at a smaller scale at the time. Um, confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Confidence. So when I had, like, like I said, like sororities reach out to me and with like, you know, big budgets to do this, that was certainly a boost of confidence and nothing I ever expected. Um, you know, so yeah, that was, that was a really cool experience. And then when you left school, did you go straight to Beats by Dre at that point? Was that your first like official full-time role? Uh, yes. Official first or full-time role. I did, uh, intern at Universal Music Group. Uh, so, so you can see a theme here with music. Uh, that was something I was trying to dive into, um, and still, you know, work with a few clients and we've shot music videos and such, but yeah, I, I did in, an internship at a uh, universal music group uh, before that, but that wasn't a, a full-time job. Yeah. So awesome. Because I'm thinking like, to your point, the, the experience in entertainment, the experience with people. And like, as I'm thinking about how you five X your business within six months, all that in a sense also was kind of gave you like the past experience, but also helped you tune into like relatability with right. people relationship with people absolutely and I think that's a really good point and something that one of my mentors told me about a year ago was he really highlighted um, what it looks like to kind of be patient and leverage relationships and wait for that kind of like success where it's really kind of a curve that's you know like 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 this right a lot of people expect it to go like that so when I started off, you know, you invest a lot in relationships with people, you're, you know, uh, I don't know, reading a lot, learning, doing all this, and you don't, you don't see the results immediately. And that's when a lot of people get frustrated and say, hey, that's not for me. But he was just like, hey, stay patient, um, keep those relationships going, you know, even if you don't see them as business opportunities. Um, and just really, you know, connecting with people and just, again, building relationships, even if you think they can do nothing for you. and over time, you really start seeing that payoff, uh, not only in business, but just like in life. life. Um, and so, yeah, that was definitely something that, uh, you know, in the long run, even now I have people when I was recording in my uh, makeshift studio and those musicians I built relationships with, you know, will 10 years later, like see something I put up on Facebook and reach out to me. And it's all because I took the time and really, you know, valued these interactions and relationships um, and kept that over time. And just, it's more fulfilling in life too, you know, just again, like, you know, like me and you just met, uh, recently. And I, I think we got, we just really hit it off and, uh, and I, I'm sure we're going to work on some great stuff together or just help each other out or whatever that looks like. So I, that's what it's all about to me, you know? No, thank you. I love that. Absolutely. I know. I mean, even from your, like you can tell and feel the energy in your post on Upwork. And then immediately I could tell like, okay, this is a person that like dives into 
this is the person that gets the high level, but also gets the details. And then you put that little like caveat, like if you actually read this, like put this tagline, I was like, yay, I got it. <laughs> so many people miss that. It's so, it's so crazy. It's attention to detail. Like just read all the way through the job post. Like that's all you have to do, you know? <laughs> whether it's a job post, whether it's an influencer post, whether it's a collaboration, I mean, whether it's a proposal, like so many things people don't realize. So, wow. So you're at Beats by Dre, you're at, then they get acquired by Apple and where most people or a lot of people, you know, and I've definitely experienced this are like, wait, you've got this amazing job. Like, why, why would you leave? Why would you even think about leaving? Right. And making that shift and taking that risk and all those leaps of faith into like the unknown into shifting from the instant gratification. Right. Cause what you were hitting on was like the instant versus delayed. So like mm-hmm. what's going through young Chris's mind at that time? Not that you're not young now, but you know, younger. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a very, very good question. I think, uh, it's interesting. A lot of people say this and I'm still trying to figure out the percentage of truth, but a lot of people say, Hey, you're kind of born an entrepreneur or you have that kind of spirit. And really throughout my whole life, I felt that a little bit, but I wasn't really sure if like how real it was. Um, so again, going back even further when I was a kid, like, so I I was born and raised in Brazil and I remember, um, in Brazil, I would go and sell like these mini M&Ms uh, to people and even just like, I don't know, make a bit of money doing that. But I, it was just like something I love doing. And I kind of did those little things throughout my life. And I think the more I worked in the corporate world, the more I started realizing, Hey, I think this is actually a real, almost like visceral innate thing within me that I should be doing. And why not just like break off and, and risk it? So what was going on at, in my mind at that time was, hey, I think this is actually the right moment to take that risk and do that. Like, I have enough experience. Um, I'm confident enough in myself and the work that I've done. I feel like I've really gotten uh, really world-class experience through marketing to do that. And, uh, you know, why not just branch off and do it on my own? And I also started to kind of shift my mindset a little bit. I started looking at, like, well, work and pleasure as, you know, it can be the same thing. And also that your time is really limited and it's all about time. And what I realized was being paid by like hour or on a salary cap really limits you, which is like fine and good for some, you know, a lot of people. Uh, but for me, I, I wanted to experience like what, what would it look like if I put in that extra like energy and the extra time and I'm really, you know, being paid based on value that I give people versus like coming in and you know working for someone else um so once I started kind of thinking a little bit more that way I was again I was like hey I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try this like just um jump off and try this so yeah that's 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 what I was uh kind of like thinking at the time no I love that because a couple things that hits on and I'm sure the the listeners resonate with this so one you went back to your past So I talk about that a lot with people. I'm like, go back to your past. Like, who were you? What did you love? What are you Mm -hmm. doing? What are you not doing? And or what is the past showing you about yourself? So like you talked about, like in a lot of countries, it's very common. In Brazil, you know, I've been several countries where kids are doing entrepreneurial work at very young ages. And however people want to view it, not view it, I mean, that's their current or has been their reality. And to your point, I remember being a Girl Scout. 
And I remember there was a little teddy bear charm that I wanted. And I was like, I'm selling those 200 boxes. I'm recruiting my parents on the team. I'm going door to door. I don't care who tells me no. Like, I'm getting that charm. And I yeah. got it. That was yeah. my decision at the time. And so you see that evidence. And then to your point, you started to think basically, and like, it reminds me kind of like the, the quadrant rich dad, poor dad talks about employee specialist, business investor, or just to keep it simple, you started to think like a business and you were thinking as an investor to say, wait a minute, I'm investing all this time. Great. I got a degree. I have this job. I've gotten this world-class experience, you know, with these incredible brands, you know, to see like what it looks like here. But what if I invested in on myself? What if I invested in on going all in on me and then creating a community and like some of the conversations we've had, like a legacy brand, a purpose-driven brand. And, and it reminds me, I, we also did a podcast and a, and a blog on literally, I called it employee versus entrepreneur and the return on investment in your life. Okay. And I literally put in kind of exactly what you were doing at the time, because I realized like, this is a great exercise for me to do. And exactly what you were doing. It's like, let me compare the hourly and the rate. And let me compare. And I love that you said this, the value, the value that I brought to the bottom line. And let me circulate back to not to say I'm not grateful. And I'm sure you were grateful for the salary, but let me compare it to the value versus the return on investment from pouring in on this company's dream. Right. And also, uh, just to follow up on that point, for in terms of value, uh, I, I feel like as an entrepreneur, you also really see firsthand the value that you provide. And it's, in a sense, easily like trackable. So when you're working with clients, or when you're working, you know, like as a coach with my students, like you see that firsthand, whereas a larger company, um, you know, you're kind of contributing to larger teams and you're kind of like a sub 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 of a team and maybe you can kind of see how that you know trickles up to the top but a lot of times you're just kind of a small piece contributing to larger pie that's you know and and it's kind of hard to see like hey what what I'm doing hour by hour or day by day is that you're kind of trusting that the the you know executives know what they're doing but later you find out as you work, work up the ladder that it's like some of them don't know what they're doing, <laughs> you know, or, or some like, of them don't track key performance indicators or don't. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's a little bit of a mess. And so, um, yeah. And one other, uh, important point I do want to bring up too, you know, I I've been talking about like, you know, how I felt when I left and how it was good for me and how I looked at value and salary. Um, but another thing in mind was really a need in the marketplace too. And I, and I want to make this really clear because a lot of people will, you know, uh, start a business or, branch off on their own for themselves initially. And really, that's it. But you really need to have something that the market wants. And a lot of people, again, they'll, you know, in a very, like in the traditional sense, go like, I don't know, buy a warehouse or create the product, do the prototypes, sell it and hope people buy. But really, you need to like, figure out, okay, is this something the market needs? So in my case, I had a lot of experience with a lot of really large ad agencies like Widening Kennedy, Shiat Day, you know, 72 and Sunny, Gray, Mm -hmm. And what I saw was they're very uh, creative focused, which was awesome and a lot of fun. But they, the only way uh, brands really tracked sales from that was, you know, you'd have these meetings and be like, hey, we ran this like huge, like $10 million campaign. And yeah, we saw a bit of uptick in sales, like 
maybe, but it's probably because of the campaign, right? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, okay. But it's, <laughs> you know, but then I'm like, what happened to direct response marketing? And what happened to like being able to, like, if I was the brand, I'd be like, tell me where every single dollar is going and show yes. me the ROI on that dollar. Yes. So I started seeing a lot of these smaller agencies um, doing that who were, who were good at that, but didn't have the creative side to it. So I feel like I had the creative side, but also I started really drilling down into the direct response marketing and I found the magic to be really in between those two. Yep. Um, so again, uh, I saw there was a need for agencies to be doing that because I just didn't see other people mm -hmm. doing that. So that was also uh, another big reason why I was like, okay, I understand this. I see the need. I've talked to a few potential clients and people. So, okay, this is real. They say they, say they need this and now I'm going to go do that. And be the proof. No, right. I love, I love that you, you know, explored it and then made sure you, you know, back to the relationship factors, you know, left in a great place and transitioned and all that, and then tested the market for the need. And exactly to your point, it's like speaking my language, because when I started diving into influencer marketing and started diving into as a brand, right? Like experiences, like how you talked about music, I looked at, well, Hey, all these experiences make the relationship and the transition feel authentic, right? Like creating these encompassing experiences. But then when I started reaching out to these different agencies and different you know, platforms, I said, well, what do you mean you're just going to have them post and I have to track the reach and the engagement? What about the links? What about the click-throughs? Like I want to know, one, I want them to understand the full value of what they're being offered. Two, because it's, it's, it's also learning, and I'm sure you had tons of experience with this, learning which influencer you're targeting because not every influencer is right for every campaign oh, yeah. on that spectrum. And I felt like a lot of brands were just throwing money everywhere when I was looking in the space. And then I also looked at, well, what do you mean, you know, from an agency standpoint, you're not tracking not only their, their reach, their engagement, but you're not tracking the click through. You're not tracking the time to the first sale. You can't tell me the exact ROI because in that sense, and I think that's why we hit it off from our initial conversation so much, not just the purpose and the passion drive, but the aspect to be visionary, but to also be super in the weeds with tactics and ROI. And that yeah. blew my mind. It's like, you're running a multi-million and billion dollar business and you're not even tracking this. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so crazy. Well, it's crazy to me, but, uh, a lot of people, I guess they just, I don't, don't think through that, but it's funny. A few of actually my best clients are, are companies that have run pretty traditionally and have worked with either bigger ad agencies, mm -hmm. um, or the more traditional agencies. And then we, you know, we've kind of come in in a smaller role and eventually like kick those other agencies out. Cause I'm like, okay, so, you know, how are you tracking this? And they're like, uh, what do you mean tracking? It's like, you know, and, and I just kind of uh, started opening, you know, the client's eyes up. And, uh, and you know, now we're running campaigns that are, you know, they're seeing the ROI, they're seeing, you know, what they're putting in and what's coming out. Um, and, and, yeah, so that's actually kind of almost like a, a strategy for us is going after those type of clients where I see exactly what ads they're running online. I just ask the owners a few simple questions like what's your client acquisition costs and all that. Surprisingly, like over 80% of them just don't even know what their client acquisition cost is. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's when, you know, again, their, their kind of ears perk up and they're like, okay, this is interesting. Uh, you know, what do you Tell have? Tell me more. To 
Yeah. Tell me more. Well, and to your point, you're doing it. Like I love what you're doing because it's the same kind of questions. Like I pose, right. It's value driven. It's, exactly. I have your best interest at heart because really you do. And it's like, so you're driving with value. What's your client acquisition costs? Or yep. like some of my questions might center around like, what are you integrating? What's your long-term, what's step two, step three, step four to like make these experiences successful or whatever it is, or even like with some, and I'm sure you've seen this, it's like, they'll look at things short-term, but what's your long-term, what's your three month, what's your one year and creating that value. And I love that you talked about opening their eyes, like creating that awareness because you don't know what you don't know. And not right. everyone thinks the same. Right. Yeah, awesome. exactly. So with that in mind, so like you've, you know, you've been in college, then you left, then you decide, you, know, you decide you're going to leave, then you leave, then being where you are today. And now, so now backing up, so you start and let's dive into first the five things that helped you 5X the business. But as we go through that, I want you to share you know, just the insights in X didn't happen overnight. You know, it wasn't like Chris left Beats by Dre yeah. or Apple. And then all of a sudden, boom, all these clients, you're super clear, ABC, you're, you know, you're getting clients left and right. So let's talk first about the mindset and where your mindset was once you got to that point where you were literally at the 5X or right before the 5X and what it took to get there like changing your behaviors, your routine, picturing yourself, all of that. Yeah. So before that, so when I first started uh, or, you know, initially left my job, um, I, I still was pretty heavily in kind of like the nine to five headspace, but I got a little taste of kind of that entrepreneurial thinking, but that was really enough to be like, wait, there's almost a whole, like uh, th these entrepreneurs and, and, uh, you know, what they're doing and the people I was following really just thought differently. And the more I kind of got insight to that, the more I was like, my mind was just blown because it was just, uh, I don't know how else to say it, just another way of even like looking at the world. Literally. Um, it, literally. Yeah. And so, um, and so, yeah, before that, I, it, it was a slow process. Uh, even now I'm still kind of like uncovering what that looks like. Um, and I, I'm really happy that you highlighted that this isn't, just something that happens overnight at all. And uh, even as like I coach my students and see other people get into this business, uh, it's just so easy to one day be super discouraged and just fold in and then retreat back to, you know, what you're familiar with. Um, so I, I really, uh, yeah, I encourage everyone or anyone who's listening or, or watching um, to really just be patient. And I know that's, really easy to say. And a lot of people say that, but it's just the truth. Like I promise you the time will come. Um, and, and even with mindset, uh, like I, I failed a lot, especially starting off. Uh, like I said earlier, like with sales, I, I don't even know. I thought sales was in the big traditional company sense, like looking at numbers and seeing what the wholesale cost is and how do we get that down? Uh, it, I didn't even think about it as like a small business owner where it's like, I need to be calling people to get clients and, uh, you know, use different tactics and methods to be able to reach those people. What do I even say to them? What do I say on the phone? Um, 
So what happened with mindset is I just started reading a bit more on the topics that I was, I knew I wasn't good at. So again, sales being one of them. Uh, and I say sales a lot cause, uh, I, you know, you realize how important it ends up being for your business. If you're not good at sales or at least have some entry level into that, uh, you know, you're not going to have a successful business. So that was like the first thing I went to was, okay, let me read up on this. Let me see what people are doing online. Um, I ended up purchasing a course too, which was really huge for me, uh, back then. Um, and then again, just started learning and then started slowly applying. And eventually as I, uh, things just started clicking in terms of, um, you know, learning how entrepreneurs and successful business owners thought. Um, and I even, uh, so a couple of great books too, by, by Tim Ferriss, he, uh, tribe of mentors, um, was one of them where he, and a few people have done this where they really, uh, curate, uh, or the, the conversations with the world's like top leaders, business leaders, thought leaders, um, philanthropists, everything, people at the top of their field, athletes. And he basically sent out, went out on a quest to find those common traits, either character traits or common habits or tactics. And I love that. For me, it's not like, you know, you can give me tactics and such, but I want to learn how you think. I want to learn. Like a Napoleon Hill. Yeah. I want to learn that process. And that, that made a huge difference uh, in the beginning. It wasn't just like, how do I, uh, what technical stuff do I do to get, you know, the best return on ad spend? It was really, uh, how do these people think and how can I apply that to my life and my career and in my journey, um, to, you know, be able to get to the point where they're at. Right. So, so that was really, it was just slowly learning, slowly learning how people think people who, you know, who I, who I see, you know, Hey, I want to be there. Um, you know, what does that look like? So, yeah, that was, that was how I approached mindset, uh, when I first started. Um, and yeah, up until this day, I mean, I look at, <laughs> it's been only about two and a half years, but I, I really feel like I look at life pretty differently. Um, it's helped me understand also the, just the, the purpose, uh, portion of that, which I think we'll, we'll touch on a little bit later. Um, but helped me realize, you know, things that, you know, just, just helping people, giving value to people, uh, r- truly caring about their success and their results versus like, hey, you know, I- I'm just getting a paycheck or a retainer fee and then I'll do my service, you know, and that's it. It's like sitting down with them and be like, okay, if I was in their shoes, you know, what, what would I really want to need? And just like feel, you know, their, their pain and what, you know, what can get them to, you know, get those uh, KPIs and hit their goals. Um, so just really started thinking a lot like bigger and differently. Uh, so yeah, that's where I am now. And it's, it's just really helped me, uh, immensely with my business. Uh, and there's so many different aspects to, to mindset, like, mm-hmm. you know, routine and, uh, uh, yeah, just looking at relationships and psychology, uh, as well, especially with marketing. Um, all of that stuff was, was fairly new to me. Uh, even though I've gone through, I went through whatever it was, 15 years of schooling, uh, none of, none of that schooling experience really taught me, uh, you know, mindset and how to look at things differently. And, uh, that's what I was yeah, able to do to really uh, exponentially grow my business eventually. I love that. I love how you talked about the patience, right? Because it's, it's, and I know you've definitely felt this. It's, 
you thought like this for X amount of time, right? And it got you to X result, X job, you know, whether it was college, X job, et cetera. Okay, great. It's great for that, right? But to go from here, this being, you know, college, this being corporate to here, and to creating that legacy business, to creating and going off on your own, to breaking, you know, not the 10% raise, not the 20% raise, you know, for those, for larger promotions, right? But literally 5Xing, 10Xing, 20Xing, whatever the numbers are, it requires like a whole different shifts and totally different ways of thinking. And the patience, like the instant gratification versus de the delayed. And you talked about like Tim Ferriss. I'm a big fan of his four hour work week. Like I know many listeners and people are like reading that book repeatedly during different intervals in my life definitely helped shift the mindsets and how you talked about really caring about people and like also being patient with the process. You know, there are things right now that are happening within our business with people that I started a relationship with eight months ago, you know, that I met at a networking event. We connected over wellness in a morning routine that led to her getting promoted into an experiential role with a higher educational institution, which I had no idea, her being super fascinated by what we were doing and us now basically talking about completely integrating like a B2B you know, solution with changing the face of different revenue streams, student experiences with boot camps, with retreats, like all kinds of different things. That if I yeah. would have been old Katrina, you know, just for my sense, say 10 years ago of, wait a minute, you're not going to do X now. You're going to do Y now. Instead of just saying, wait a minute, let me care about this person. Let me connect with this person. Let me see where this friendship leads. Because part of my mantra was leaving for leaving corporate was I want this company to feel like friends. And I want it to feel like everyone being passionate and purpose driven and then shifting into then somewhere along the way, money gets exchanged. But in the beginning that people never, ever feel like, like what you just talked about, where it's a transaction, where they feel like it's relationship and community driven first. Because people feel that yeah. massively. Yeah. And also, honestly, the, the way I go into it too is I don't, I don't even think of it as when I'm meeting someone or talking to someone as like, all right, is this going to be a business relationship? It's like, Honestly, at the end of the day, if I'm putting myself out there and if I'm doing what I'm doing and it, it and they're you know, they're attracted to that, or if there is, they see something that's like, Hey, this actually is a good business opportunity. Like it'll happen. It's in inevitable. But if it doesn't, like I've met so many awesome people that, you know, we're just helping each other out, like with advice or, you know, being part of masterminds and, uh, just exchanging, you know, knowledge and ideas and experiences um, and even just outside of business, just, uh, I don't, you know, building relationships. So, Connecting. um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's hard because especially in the, in the social media online world, uh, it's hard to distinguish that, especially through like, uh, you know, texts and such. Uh, so that's why you have a lot of people like, you know, they're adding me on Facebook and sending messages and you're trying to decipher like, what is the real intention behind that? Um, but that's why I love, you know, jumping on like calls and, and video, you know, chats and stuff and, and meeting. I've met a lot of people who I've just connected with online and I'll meet at like conferences or in mm -hmm. person. And, uh, and that's really where the, where the magic is, uh, I think. Um, so I, yeah, I really encourage people to like try and not always think of it as like, you know, what could it be like, Hey, if, if it turns out to be a, a business, something like awesome, but 
it's really that shouldn't be the foundation of what you're reaching out because if it is then you're going to have uh not as great of a relationship or and it's not going to really be authentic and you know you're right yeah so um yeah that's kind of how, how i look at it no it's awesome and i think that's also what attracted me to not only you but also this fire aspect because I didn't see like hardcore pushes. I saw like relationship. I saw value. I saw, you know, connection. I didn't see like this, you know, for lack of a better term right now, but like a hard sell. I saw it really focused on relationship and trusting exactly what you said, like how things flow or how they're going to be attracted to you and or to aspire that it'll flow. Because just like you're creating value here, people will listen in and they're like, well, wait a minute, what are you doing? Like, go explore, see, you know, other avenues of different things that you're doing, whether it's with the Facebook group, different things and organically. And I think that's where a lot of the market is going to. I think, you know, people are tired of, and I know I definitely am. I don't really respond anymore to email blasts of, um, oh, if you don't respond to this course by this deadline, like it's done. Now, if it's an event, that's different. I get it you know, or just different things. And now also being mindful of people are inundated with so much information. So what platforms can you use to create the most value? And if you do send an email, send it like a value package type thing, you know, and I know that people have different philosophies on that, but I definitely see marketing shifting in a lot of ways where it's much more relationship driven more than ever. And I think where people's know, like, and trust is really gravitating towards those businesses that focus on relationship and experiences. I, I 100% agree with that. And yeah, even if you go on, on my business page and, and in my group, uh, you'll see, you can scroll down as far mm-hmm. as the bottom and you'll see there's not one post where I'm like, all right, guys, like flash sale, buy my mm-hmm. course for 497. You know, it's, it's purely, uh, and also with a lot of, just speaking of with a lot of the groups too, uh, you know, you'll see it's it's very clearly made for that purpose where they're trying to get as many people as possible. Then they're selling stuff, and then uh, they're doing all this like all these engagement bait posts um, and such. But and then they don't. And then when someone actually has a real question in the group, they they don't never answer it. And I've seen it. I'll scroll down and uh, and I'll see real questions where it's like, hey, I have a client and there's this issue or whatever it is. And I understand like you know we're all busy people we're running businesses, but if you're creating a group for the purpose of actually helping others, then do it for that purpose. Right. So you'll see again in our group, I think you, you just I've definitely seen that. Yeah. Like uh, I go in one-on-one and I answer the questions or I'll say, Hey, I'm going to answer this on my live every Thursday. Um, and that's what it's about. It's not about like me, you know, constantly just trying to sell, sell, sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause, cause that's not what it is. That's, and that, and that's frustrating because it gives, um, you know, starts giving marketers a bad name and it also, uh, yeah. And you know, people just get really put off by that. So, well, and I love what you just said on the one-to-one, right? Because like this podcast, right. We're creating value. People are like, it's a behind the scenes conversation with friends. They're like, Oh, like this is what happened to Chris. This is like some of her story. And I love that you hit on value because one thing, one of my mentors, Garen Jones talked about is that you might give value, like you just talked about, you might give value in your Facebook group, right? But then you get an email from an old friend that's known you that all of a sudden this person wants to meet you as a client. Well, it goes back to energies, everything. And it like, you may not get a client from that direct interaction, 
is more and more what I've learned, but you may get it over here because you gave selflessly over here without any ill intent or any frustration or any negativity. Right. And you know, this is a, a very, you know, I would say, I guess, famous or popular quote. Uh, you know, Simon Sinek always says, they don't buy what you do, or people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And because the people from back then who reached out to me, they know me as a person already, and they know why I do what I do. They know who I, you know, my character. Um, and that's why they're really comfortable reaching out to me and almost immediately doing business with me, if, if that's what they're reaching out for. You know, it's not because I put up a post saying, uh, hey, I have this awesome agency and I'm killing it for clients and me, 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 and this is what I do. Uh, it's, it's really about building trust, building a, a brand, whether it's personal or your agency. And, uh, and it's about the why. And, and people, if people can see why I love doing what I do every day, you know, through marketing and helping clients and for my for purpose aspect, um, then again, I, I feel like we're the universe or the world or whatever yes. will kind of bring us together, uh, if, if that's what's meant to be. So no, like even some of the kind of, to your point, like I, I know you shared some quotes and different things like with me, like Andrew Amorose, Amorose, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And he was, oh, sh- yeah. he was sharing, so shout out Andrew and sorry for butchering your name. If I did, uh, <laughs> but he said, you know, I saw this post back in August and I took it to heart. I felt like my career had been stagnant for the prior two years and I felt awkward, but some really helped me out. I actually took their advice and, um, you know, and he's like, basically he was sharing with you, like how it impacted him fast forward now that I'm a trailer trailer. Oh, promo editor for the Ellen show. So you can imagine the shifts of confidence and even like what you're sharing and saying, like those ripple effects through that mindset, through that service, through that value, through that purpose and that contribution. And the no like, and trust factor is huge because exactly what you talk, like even, I know you've got tons of examples and, and definitely like how you talked about being patient and, and not having like that, that, that scarcity or that need, but like just really just being focused on value. Like, you know, you become really, really focused on gratitude and clarity because relationships, again, that I've cultivated for over years there, or even recently because of the trust or the credibility, them connecting, whether it's been weeks, months, or years to someone else that has led to something else. Yeah. And it's realizing and the ramifications of what if I did act like a BIA. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and just to give, give a little bit of further context. For, On Andrews? For Andrew. Yeah. Yes. So that was, uh, yeah, I think it's like a couple months ago or so. I just put up a post on Facebook, uh, just highlighting kind of my journey so far a little bit. And I felt, um, it, you know, I, I was a little vulnerable in the post where I, I was like kind of publicly admitting that I really struggled when I started. Um, and I feel because I've seen a couple other people do that. And it really helped me when I was starting because I was like, uh, I know I'm not the only one going through this, but having someone else publicly like, uh, you know, showcase that and having the courage to do that, it really helped me too. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm not the only one. And it helped me going. So not alone. The, the mid, yeah, the purpose for that post was, uh, again, just like, hopefully this helps someone. I think I even started the post saying that, like, I hope this helps someone out there. And, um, and I, I, I didn't even expect, uh, kind of those responses and even just seeing one from Andrew, 
Uh, so I went to college with him. Um, just seeing that response, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like so cool. I, I didn't even know he like saw the post. And also, I mean, we've never done business together. Like we still not. And that wasn't even the point. So that was a good example of like, the, you know, kind of a relationship or like adding value, like, uh, you know, and he, he's an awesome guy. And um, I'm super stoked that, you know, my post had some kind of way of 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 helping i've I've done other messages too as well so it's it's really i think once you uh start getting to a place when you're not just thinking about you know what's what's my retainer fee every month and such and start uh yeah seeing those results and the impact uh, on people that is uh it sounds so cheesy but that's really like it's priceless becomes more fulfilling like for me you know what i mean uh it is priceless it and because I'm, at a certain point, you're more than like, a, like I realize even looking backwards on my journey at a certain point, you're taken care of financially, but then what, when I looked back in corporate, I didn't have the direction for the money, a direction for like different things after. So then you start thinking about stuff and other stuff, but it's like, no, what else can you do with this money? And you realize the transformation on the client. So yeah. And, and truth is a lot, a lot of studies show, and not to discourage people from like really growing their business and becoming multi-billionaires, but uh, the studies show that once you hit a, a certain you know, kind of salary point or in your life, um, it's, it's really, it, it, uh, it kind of like levels off after that. You don't become exponentially more happy as your bank account grows. Um, and I heard that a lot. Now, and being very frank, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, like, whatever. When I, yeah, when I, when I have millions, like, we'll see if that's true. But the truth is, yeah, at a certain point, like, you're living comfortably. Um, like, my wife and I bought, but just bought a house back in July, and like, I, I'm really happy. Like, it's, it's not like I need to, you know, and you start realizing the things that truly bring joy, um, you know, to your life and fulfillment. And, uh, it's really those moments. Uh, and again, uh, people used to say this and I used to see like people who have like made it say this and I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's experiencing it. Like it's, 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 I can, uh, I, I can say it's like a hundred percent true. Um, totally. So agree. yeah, totally, totally agree with that. I also love before we get into talking about taking action and or for purpose, whichever one you want to kind of touch on first with how the conversation's flowing. Yeah. I love how you talked about vulnerability because, you know, in relation to Andrew's post and sharing that, because when I went through corporate years ago, you know, especially like going out of school back in 2002, 2003, we were not in a social media environment like we are in today. We were not in a very connected environment like we are today. And it was very much like you put your head down, you grind, you get there, you don't show weakness, you don't talk about vulnerability. So I've actually gotten the opportunity, like Brene's, Brene Brown's book, The Power of Vulnerability. I love that book. And I've realized more and more in sharing the story and sharing the vulnerability in sharing the struggle, it creates that human connection. And I actually recorded a podcast earlier today with a young lady that's a director in experience services at Georgia State. And we actually went there where we talked about depression. We talked about anxiety. We talked about all those things that people used to not talk about, but realizing it creates the space, like what you said, that you're not alone. So just being being vulnerable is huge. I think, I think one of the most 
powerful things we have as humans is the ability to empathize with other people. And I think if you make yourself even a little bit that much vulnerable, um, you know, it creates the empathy. And I think that's where a really powerful connection is. And especially with people who are, who are struggling in uh, whatever it is, if someone says, Hey, I, I've gone through this or like, I understand um, and I can help you or even just saying, I understand what you're going through and being there as like comfort is immensely powerful. Like it's insane how much I've seen that, you know, <laughs> in my sh- short life here. Um, you know, so I, I, I totally, uh, agree with that. And I think, um, yeah, whether it's in life or business or whatever, just the power to, to be a little bit vulnerable to kind of open up that door for people to connect um, you know, whether through empathy or understanding or, or even sympathy, or even just, uh, saying, uh, you know, finding that common ground saying, Hey, I I've gone through that as well, that that can make the world of a difference in, in someone's life, someone's day, life, week, day, everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. So with that in mind, so like, how would you correlate that vulnerability, whether you want to talk about, you know, implementing a for purpose business you know, like what we talked about with some of the events you've recently attended and why you think like different things with like what we were doing aligned and or taking action, because obviously there's a lot of vulnerability in doing a for purpose business where it's on your heart, right? Your heart's on your sleeve and taking action and having courage is hugely vulnerable when you're not standing behind a brand that you're like, Oh, I'm a representative for this brand. You're like, no, I'm a president for my brand. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So regarding, yeah, the for purpose, um, aspect. So I've, I've always wanted to integrate some kind of a charitable aspect into what I do. Um, and primarily because I've worked with, with certain charities before, um, and I've just seen like firsthand kind of the power of what they do, uh, either by traveling like on site to, you know, somewhere in Africa to see firsthand what they're doing or, um, actually, at, at the Grammy Awards, uh, you know, they had a nonprofit arm called Music Cares. Or, Love that. Um, yeah, where they – and so I actually had to do a bit of kind of that nonprofit, like, marketing. Um, but I, I knew I wanted to integrate some kind of that component. And I think also, uh, you know, these days, uh, you see all these articles with, like, millennials where it's like, you know, they, they care about that. They care about giving back and contributing. Um, and I, honestly, I think I happily – fall in that bucket. So, uh, but the thing was, I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know, like, do I just try and make more money and then personally donate it, which is what a lot of people do. Do I make it as part of like my, uh, part of my business? Uh, and what does that look like? Um, and it actually took me, I would say a few months, honestly, to figure out what that looks like, how it could fit into my business model. Um, but also just learning the different ways I could incorporate charitable component. Um, so what I ended up landing on is donating a certain percentage of our agency retainer fees. So 7% to a charity of our client's choice. Um, and if they didn't have a particular choice, then, you know, we, uh, it'd go towards one of the core charities that, that I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very clear and open about that. It's on my website, it's on my LinkedIn. Uh, I put it out there and it's almost become also part of that, uh, kind of connection with people. So actually most of our clients have some type of a for purpose aspect in there. And that's really been a a cool way where I've either reached out to them because of that or vice versa. And that's how really our relationship got started. Started. And I, 
And I would say that's almost like the niche for my agency. It's really funny when you connect with marketers. The first thing they'll ask is, you know, what do you do? What are you about? And then they'll say, what's your niche, you know? Um, so like, oh, I, know like, I have a whole other topic about that, but go ahead. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> oh, so you help doctors, you know? So, so what I say, and I think a lot of people either are taken aback or don't understand it. I'll say, oh, actually, my niche is, is more value-based or, or value-alignment-based than, uh, you know, a certain industry. And such. so, uh, and so I've kind of gone on, I've kind of fine tuned what that looks like in terms of the for purpose aspect. Uh, but what I've found too, is a lot of people are drawn to, to this idea as well, but don't know how to structure or implement it. So that's actually one of the reasons why I started my Facebook group was, you know, not only kind of helping marketers, social media marketers and consultants, like start and grow their businesses, but also, you know, I, I, I feel it's so important to have some type of a for purpose aspect in your mm -hmm. business. And the other side to that is not just, you know, Hey, you're contributing to the world. You're making a better place. You're helping charitable organizations, but it's also a personal thing too. So for me, it's like, again, uh, like we we're touching on earlier, it's not just, uh, all right, you know, working towards that, uh, I don't know, higher retainer fee every month or more clients. It's, uh, it was like, all right, what, what's really like driving me here? And if it's, if it's just money, like that, that's fine, but you're going to, you're going to hit a certain point where you're, you're going to actually become, there's a lot of articles and studies on this too, mm -hmm. where you actually become depressed yes, or, or you get into a really interesting state where you're very successful, but you're just internally like, why am I not happy? I have a Ferrari. I have yeah. like 10 houses, you know, 10, like what's going on? The society told me I would be loving life right now. And so when I implementing that for a purpose uh, aspect was also like, okay, sweet. Like I'm, I'm helping other people. I'm seeing it firsthand. Um, I'm helping other, you know, people who were in my position two years ago. And I remember how, how hard that was for me. If I could just make that uh, a, a little, little less painful. Yeah. A little less painful or give them some clarity, some hope, even that saying like, Hey, I was exactly where you were two years ago. Actually, in fact, hundreds and thousands of other people were too. It's just a matter of like giving them that little push or giving them a little guidance in the right direction, mm -hmm. which will make the world of a difference. So that for a purpose aspect is also really like when I wake up in the morning, it's like, ah, okay, this is something that's going to be more fulfilling. Yeah. And again, a lot of people say this and I was skeptical, you know, at first, but this is something you really have to experience to understand. Um, and I promise you, once you do, you'll, if you're watching this right now, like send me a message and say, Chris, like, you know, I knew, or if you have experienced this, um, I love, I love people having or getting that light bulb when, you know, that happens when they understand that like giving is really Receiving. just insanely powerful. And, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's really where that, where that, uh, you know, the, the reasoning behind the for purpose and, you know, one of, one of the reasons why we really implement that into uh, our business. No, I love that. And definitely resonates from an aspect of like your Facebook group. And I tell people this all the time, our foundation, like fit life creation wouldn't even exist if I hadn't gotten clear on how passion plus purpose equals profits because the passion and the purpose comes first. And we do the exact same thing as far as giving a percentage towards core charities. And then I tell same thing, companies and people that, Hey, a minimum of X percent goes towards, you know, charity to help in homelessness, to help in cancer, unless you have something you want to give to, because yeah. it's part of that. It's part of the integration. And I love how you talked about the law of attraction, 
Because what starts to happen is you attract more and more people that are on that same path. So with that in mind, let's talk about taking action and how you got to that point where you were getting ready to take your business or, you know, before it showed up or right when it's showing up, like in the, you know, six month period, what did taking action look like? Yeah. So can I actually add one more thing really quick? Sure. To that absolutely. Purpose? absolutely. As I'm thinking through my head. Um, one thing I, I just want to add to that as well is, is the power of connecting to a, a, a cause or, or something that's close to you personally too. So I actually haven't really been public about this, uh, but you know, there's certain stuff I went through when I was younger and I'm talking to charities now um, that I haven't before that are really connected with that. With your and heart. With my heart. And uh, you, know, you know, stuff that I went through like as a kid. Um, and that, that connect, resonated with me really closely as a for purpose thing to drive me every day versus mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going to find like this charity and, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere else that I just want to give to. Mm -hmm. And that, and that I think helps, but, and, and we do have, uh, a couple charities that I've supported for a while who, who have the aspect, but really the ones that truly drive I personally, like, you know, me, you know, or, or you, whoever it is, um, that's personal to you that's either like solved a tough moment in your life or something that you've gone through. Those are like the real core for purpose. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, organizations and causes that you want to align with now also plays into your story, uh, oh, your personal story. And when, and it can help people really understand why you do what you do mm -hmm. um, or you say, Hey, I, this is what I've gone through. Um, and again, uh, you know, I, I'm just being honest. It's, uh, it's, I'm still kind of mustering up the, how do I communicate this to the public? Cause I, I'm, I grew up really shy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I didn't come out and just tell my whole story to the world, but, um, but I know personally that finding those causes and trying to work harder for them, uh, that will really drive you forward. So no, um, absolutely. No. To, to, to add that in. I love um, that to feed off that for a second too. I love that because yeah. Like you said, if you're just giving here, you know, I'm giving to give, it's still a great thing. But like, even on my end, you know, one, one aspect that I connect to deeply is battered women because I went through a battered relationship in my early twenties and, you know, and then getting out of that. And a lot of women never get out of it or they repeat the same cycle. And that also connects to homelessness. So, so that's how and why. And then from an aspect of cancer and having someone very dear to me that I lost, and then someone that's very close to me that lost, you know, his mom. So, so all those exactly to your point, it, it, you have a face behind it and then yes. you correlate that to someone else's sister, mother, whatever it is. Yes. And it becomes deeply, deeply personal in that if I don't get up today, not only will it impact the bottom line, but then this person that may be like in Atlanta, we have over 7,000 homeless people that sleep and those are documented that sleep on the streets every day. So mm -hmm. it's like, well, what else can I do today that next week, next month, next year, maybe a thousand people, maybe 2000 people, maybe, you know, getting to that point that, Hey, ending homelessness in Atlanta and being a big contributor to that. So it drives you way past the bottom line. Yes, absolutely. Love it. Um, uh, so go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, take action. So this, yeah, this is a, this is a funny one because, uh, it's, it's so easy to say, but harder to do obviously because it's taking action. But 
for a long time, uh, especially when I was starting off, you know, you, you, I was reading a lot. I was trying to learn. I was absorbing this new knowledge, um, kind of looking at the world differently, like, like we were just saying. Uh, but actually, one of the hardest things was really just actually doing it because you get consumed in the learning. But then and you're like really excited and you map out your plan. Uh, and it's like, oh, I'm going to be like over here in like two years or like next month it's going to be this. Um, and, uh, but really it's, it's a lot harder than you think to get to X, you know, and what you plan. And so, but it's a matter of just, uh, and the patience plays in here tremendously. Um, but it's really just like going and, and doing it. And I know, uh, and, and I'm also, I hate using the word perfectionist because I'm not a perfectionist. I, I, I know that I have a high attention to detail for certain things. And uh, in fact, that almost, that really hindered me actually to be able to grow. And I started noticing that in a lot of other business uh, businesses and organizations that I work for. And, uh, and I started seeing this pattern of like certain types of leaders or people in charge where it's just like, everything has to be so perfect, but you don't move anywhere. And so for me, uh, and people like, uh, you know, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and such say this all the time where it's just like, go, go, go. I really think there's a balance. Like you really do need to have this attention to detail and people who put out a lot, you know, uh, that's great. And some would say even better than not doing anything at all, but you also want to, you know, make sure that what you're putting some heart is quality. You want to put your heart into there. You, you want to put something meaningful out there. Um, and I'm a believer of that. So I, I post like a lot less than I probably should, but when I do, I want to make sure it's something that's like kind of from my heart or, you know, from my mind and it's not just putting it out for the sake of putting it out. Um, but I do see the, there is an insane importance of just actually taking the action and, and really I, I'm becoming more of a believer of, you know, why if it's not perfect, even if it is a post, that's like, I kind of put together quickly, but it is from the heart. Just put it out there, you 80%, know. 80%, 80%. And yeah, and it's the same with, like, things like Instagram stories, like, uh, and stuff like that. Like, I, I'm trying to really become better at that. Just just put it out there. Give people a glimpse into what you're you're doing. Like, connect with others. Like, put yourself out there. Um, and uh, and it's just just do it. I mean, not, it's probably the greatest campaign slogan <laughs> of all time. It is. Nike, it's, it's, it's just do it. Some one guy, one of my colleagues, I'll never forget this. I don't know why. In college, he was just like, like he set up in front of. Uh, so I was in a fraternity, um, and he stood up in front of everyone one day and was just like, "Guys, if you have trouble, just like getting up in the morning, just literally jump out of bed, put your two feet on the ground, and just like start your, just go do it, just start your day." Like, and it it was such a simple and like obvious thing, but it's like I always thought about that if I have trouble in the morning getting up or trouble you know, like maybe not wanting to do X is just like, don't, don't even think about it. Just like go do it. And, uh, and you'll see that you'll progress infinitely more just by doing it versus like, Oh wait, I'm going to wait till tomorrow and make sure like, you know, everything's. And and honestly, I still, I do still struggle a bit with that, but, um, but I've gotten much better at it. No, I love that you hit on where I'm just taking, taking action. 
No, I love that you hit on two angles because you talked about the flow, right? Like sometimes it's thinking, sometimes it's then executing, but sometimes it's getting out of our heads to literally just do it because then you, you're like, oh, that wasn't so scary. And then you form a new belief and you form a new thought pattern and you start being a different way. Right. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, so obviously, like you said, the action started ramping up and it sounds like it also simplified as you got to 5X. Yeah. And you know what? It, it, it's, it becomes routine, right? So even little changes each day, like waking up 30 minutes earlier or, you know, this one, uh, you know, 